All right, so hi, hi, welcome so much. My name's Nicholas. I'm a, the resident philosopher today. Um, what's your name for the Meg? Meg, nice to meet <laughs> nice, Well, I know you. I haven't met you. I have met you. Um, but yeah, so so glad you joined us, Meg. Um, so today we're going to discuss, as you may know, art as cognition. And so I guess we'll start things, and I'm going to ask you. Oh my god! Uh, right? <laughs> I'm putting you on the hot seat. I'm going to ask when I say the words art as cognition, what like what's the first thing that comes to your mind? What do you think of? What's your reaction? Well, cognition seems to be more like an intellectual process. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I gil- I believe it's like an artistic intellectual process. Yeah, yeah. Is that No, yeah, that's 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 definitely right, I think. I think yeah, like cognition is typically what we think of we think of like higher order brain activity, right? It's like it's the kind of brain I act- don't know if it's higher <laughs> I'm not familiar with higher order and lower. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. That's good. Thank you for yeah clarifying. <laughs> so yeah. So what I mean by that when I say like higher order, what I mean is cognition is. So our, uh, let me use an example. Are you familiar with Jennifer Robin Robison's work? Okay. So she's a fantastic philosopher, Jennifer Robinson, um, and her big contribution. Um, she has lots of great contributions to philosophy of art, but her one of her big ones is she has this great book, Deeper Than Reason, where she um, examines. She, she asks, like, what are our emotions towards art, right? Like, what kind of emotions are these? Are they the same thing as our emotions towards, you know, like, the other things in the world? Like, what are they? And she offers a theory of emotion where she says emotions are both cognitive and kind of automatic. So there's, so how, how familiar are you, not totally fine if not at all, uh, with, like, debates about philosophy of emotion? I'm not familiar. Okay, great. No, this is great. So we can start from the ground floor. <laughs> so in philosophy of emotion, there's this really big debate over what the nature of emotions. Are emotions very, like, are, are emotions things that kind of come from our automatic um, kind of uh, reactions, right? Or are emotions things that are, like, very, like, kind of conceptual? Do, do emotions require a lot of brain activity or not a lot, right? So that's the kind of question. So if we, let me use an example. So if I um, see a dog, and it, this is a very scary dog, a big old like a pit bull or something, it's barking at me, and I obviously will be like, ah, is my fear reaction, is that kind of immediate? Does that happen just immediately, like kind of automatically without me having to think about it? Or do I have to see the dog, recognize that it's a dog, kind of do this kind of thought process in my head where I'm like, okay, so that's a dog. That's a scary looking dog. Scary dogs are dangerous. Oh crap, I'm scared. Right? And so the question is which of those are emotions like? Right? Does that so does that make sense? I think so. It's totally fine if not, if I can clarify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because I don't really separate like thought and emotion Great. too much. Yeah. That's helpful. That's actually a that's a, so that's a position that a lot of philosophers would argue. They would say this like it's not a distinct thing. Like they work together. Yeah. And in fact, that's Jennifer Robinson's position. Okay. <laughs> so <Okay>. good. <laughs> so her position is that if you hear a dog bark, right, in the distance, your body immediately reacts, right? It's like biological programming, right? We have, sorry, they're loud. <laughs> we have this, like, right here, right? So I, I hear a siren, and I'm like, oh, like, what is that? That's an automatic reaction. But then I kind of recognize that I'm having this reaction, and I think about that reaction, and the experience kind of thickens. It becomes more rich, right? If I hear a loud noise, or be, so here's another example. Throwing the examples. If you're alone at home, right, and all of a sudden you hear like this loud noise, like a slam, 
you're like, oh, you know, like that's just automatic. If you hear a loud noise when you're alone, you're going to jump. But then if you go and investigate and you try to figure out what it is, you might learn more information that makes your emotional experience kind of deepen or different. Right. So if, if you, you know, walk around and you see that actually you would just left the door kind of open and the wind just blew it closed, then, you know, that feeling is just going to be like, you know, you're going to relax. You're not going to be like super scared. But if you walk around the house and you recognize that, like, no, like there's no one here. Like, where did that sound come from? You have no idea. You're going to start to get more scared. Right. And so that's a great example of like, like the automatic process and our kind of more like kind of complex thought processes kind of working together. Does that make sense? I think so. It's okay. Again, it's okay <laughs> if it doesn't. Yeah. Do, you, like, do you have any more questions about that? or? Uh, if not, also totally fine. Hmm. Well, what's lower order and higher order? Great. So a lower lower order when when philosophers like or, or psychologists say like something is a lower order lower order um, uh, brain activity, it's brain it's it's this is a good way of saying it. it's brain activity that we share with animals, oh, right? It, it, it's lower order in the sense it's a part of our kind of lower animal brain, right? Because our brain, of course, is like an animal brain. It's evolved, but it shares a lot of the same kind of features as like a dog's brain. So if if you make a loud noise like for my dog, if I like you know slam the door, my dog will be like. Right, my dog gets scared in the same way I would get scared if I heard a loud noise. That's the lower order. But because we're human beings and our brains are more evolved, we also can do all this other sort of thought processes. You know, like my dog's not going to wander around the house, you know, like wondering, like, like could this be a ghost? Like my dog's not going to ask the question, "Is this a ghost?" But we could ask that question because that's a capacity we have. So that would be the higher order stuff, hmm. right? And so, actually, thanks. We, I'm glad that you, you pushed us to because I feel like now we're in a good way to address the central question. Okay. The question, then, about art and our cognition of art is, are our experiences in art lower brain functions? Is that, like, do we experience art the same way an animal would experience art? Or does our brain kind of result in us having a more complex experience of it? Well, do, do you have an, an intuition either way? Can be both. Say more. Yeah, I think you're right. But say more. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by both? Uh, well, I'm not really familiar with like lower order and higher order. It That's fine. It seems a little strange to me. Fair. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Um, like it, I feel like there's some kind of like hierarchy. Mm. Yeah. That's great. You're right. There is. I'm glad you brought that up. There's this like kind of. Right, so we get this distinction. This distinction really gets into like full effect. It's not you, not not in those terms, because like the psychological and scientific resources yeah, yeah. hadn't developed. But like right around the Enlightenment time, right, like around like when we're talking about like Kant and stuff, that's when we start to get this notion. Like as you like, I I, I think as you know, like we get, start to get this distinction between okay, human beings and animals are different. We have reason. We have this rational capacity that animals, you know, or other lower forms, lower forms don't have. And that means we're better than them, right? It, it is a hierarchy. And that's why we see things like Immanuel Kant, you may, may or may not know. Um, so, like, Immanuel Kant was pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, duh. And so, in kind of the, a big point where he, that's clear, is he has a footnote, and I believe it's the anthropology, but I might be wrong, uh, where he lays out a list 
of the human races from most developed to least developed. So, of course, it's Europeans at the top. Then it's East Asians. Then it's, like, you know, American indigenous. And then it's black people. Right? And so what he's saying is white Europeans, their higher order faculties, he wouldn't use those words, but, like, that's the idea, right? Their higher order faculties are more developed than these other. And then, like, East Asians are, like, better, but, like, not as good. And, like, indigenous Americans are not very good. And, like, they, right? And so basically he would say, like, like, black people have essentially the same kind of brain capacities as animals. Their brain is fully lower order. So it is a hierarchy. You're right. And it's a bad hierarchy. Right? So, like, does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And so what I think that, that, that allows us to, by you asking that question, that allows us to think, like, so, you know, nowadays, most people would say that, you know, they don't believe in that kind of thing. They don't say, you know, most people wouldn't say, yes, you know, black people have worse brains than, you know, white people. People wouldn't, of course, a lot of people still will. We have a lot of racists, but not most people nowadays wouldn't buy into such a hierarchy. But do we still have this hierarchy between types of brain, right? Do we still have this hierarchy between higher and lower functions? I think so, yeah. I think we do. Maybe. So here's a big place where that kind of debate shakes out today. Debates about vegetarianism and veganism and eating meat, right? So, like, how familiar are you with those kind of, like, you know, debates? In the philosophical sense? In both. Like, philosophy and then, like, just everyday kind of conversations. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you, you, yeah, great. So, yeah, like, as you know, then, like, yeah, the big argument is, like, if, do do, do animals and humans... Like, are, are the differences between our brains significant enough that we can say we're better than them and thus we're allowed to, you know, slaughter them and eat their flesh? If you think that there is this hierarchy between higher brains and lower brains and that because we have higher brains, that means we're better than, you know, these other creatures, you will think, right? It's, it's like it says in Genesis in the Bible, right? The Bible says, like, you know, we are human beings are granted dominion over animals and and plants because we are more sophisticated so if that's what you think then yeah you're gonna have no problem with 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 eating meat but if you are someone who like thinks this this hierarchy is bad and wrong and that we actually shouldn't be saying okay you know your brain is more evolved therefore you're better than this other creature then you might want to start thinking twice about eating meat about killing these kind of lower life forms Hmm. to eat their flesh and so all that is just say, yeah, like, I think you're so right that, like, not only is this, is there a hierarchy, but, like, that hierarchy is, like, something we should think really critically about, right? Because however we shake down on it will, like, matter for, like, our ethics and stuff. Yeah. You know? Well, some people think some animals are smarter or more intelligent, so they, we shouldn't eat them, which yeah. I'm not really sure if that's... That seems a little hard to um, establish a claim Mm, you're right it is like how do you how do you judge what makes a better brain or what makes someone you know like you know apes can um you know do sign language right like a gorilla can do sign language um you know if it's it's trained enough right like birds obviously can speak right like parrots and stuff does that mean that they are like have the same brains as like humans Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to. It's not. It, it's it's not obvious, right? That's some tough science that you have to be able to like develop a scientific method where you can answer that question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, and where do you draw the line between vegetables and animals? Yeah, for sure. I, so the, the way, where I'm from, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, and there's a museum called the Visionary Museum, which I love. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a kind of wacky museum. It has kind of wacky exhibits. And one of the exhibits was on, um, right, uh, on people who believe in, you know, ESP, like are you familiar with ESP, extrasensory perception, right? The note, like psychics, right? Like psychics or fortune tellers or people who believe that, you know, um, that uh, animals like have souls, et cetera, et cetera. And so one of the sections was talking about, um, you know, a lot of people really firmly believe that. So there's this one experiment someone did where they allegedly found out that when grass is cut, it screams, right? It, it offers, it, it has some kind of neurological reaction. It wouldn't be neurological in our brains, but like some kind of chemical reaction that mimics our kind of screams, right? And if that's true, if cutting grass makes it scream... That, where do we draw the line between that and an animal, right, yeah. screaming when you kill it? Yeah. That's a tough line, right? Like, like you say. And that, so asking these questions opens up, I mean, that's philosophy, right? Like, asking <laughs> these kind of questions opens up these dangerous wormholes that are, like, really hard to figure out, you know? Well, I think we need to recognize that, like, we are consuming life. Yeah. So... I, it seems almost to me like you know we don't want to reconcile. Not that we have to reconcile, but we don't want to. Yeah. Come to like recognize this fact. Yeah. Or truth. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a great way of putting it. I just got the the time, the sign that we're out of time, but just yeah, I just that's a really great point. I want to respond to it really quickly. Like yeah, like, and that's I rem I know that there's a lot of argument against kind of vegan and vegetarian arguments against like eating meat etc um from like indigenous like american indigenous or like non-western folks who like have come from you know centuries of meat eating where like it's a very ethical practice where people they do recognize the fact that they are eating life they are ending life to consume it and instead of running away from that or being like oh that's bad they kind of come to terms with that you know, yeah, like like honor the with, yeah. exactly, and so maybe there's these other possibilities. But at the end of the day, we might have to still just recognize the fact that this is life that we're talking about, and then we can ask the question: What kind of ethical duties do we have because of that? Yeah, I same feel like that's, or at least that's kind of like the space I'm exactly. more comfortable with. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. think that's a good space to be at. Yeah, yeah. and that makes it hard to feel like you know like okay reason is superior to emotion or yeah objectivity is superior to subjectivity uh, yeah like how do you know or like what's the point of like recognize i mean i recognize them but i don't really think there's like a hierarchy why like, there has yeah. to be like hierarchy i think that's right yeah so um cool all right, so yeah, so we gotta we gotta wrap things up. Thank you so much. Yeah. This was awesome. I'm so yeah. glad you came. Yeah, it was great to see you. <laughs> and I'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs>